Hello, everyone, and welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph. Ben, how are you? Guys, how are you? I got my headphones on again, trying to be a professional, listening to the sound of my own nasal, awful voice. Just want to put myself through what you guys have to deal with on a weekly basis. My God, guys, I just, I figure I'll do the podcast now instead of waiting for a couple of hours because I don't know how much longer I have left. I have, you know when you know like a flu is coming? That's what's happening. I just, you know, your joints are all achy and you sort of got like an overall body sweat going on and you just you just feel weak and tired but like the type of weak where your your fingers are tingly you know does that happen to other people i said it to my wife she just went with me she goes yeah i know that feeling but i don't know half the time i think she's not even listening you know and you know god bless her at least she's in the room with me right that's all i need once in a while just a nod just yeah 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 whatever you're talking about whatever the fuck whatever Sure, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, your joints are all hurt. Yeah, I, I got it. So I popped a couple of cold effects. Old some cold effects. Does that work? Does anyone know for sure? They say this, that cold effects actually works. I asked a doctor friend of mine about that once. He was in med school at the time, so take this with a grain of salt. But he said it did work. Something about increasing the white blood cell count for a period of time. But I got to say, I feel like that sounds like bullshit now. What pill, you know, some kind of herbal medicine, but I don't know, maybe it does. All I know is that I haven't gotten sick yet this year, and a lot of people have been sick around me, including my wife and my own baby. My own baby, guys, betraying me with illness. And I uh, I didn't get it because I, I was taking the cold effects, or so I thought, you know. But now, maybe my body was just saving it up. I tend to do that. Like, I won't get sick for a long period of time, and it looks like I've beaten the cold that everybody else has around me, but it's just my body is just storing it up. It's like, no, no, no. We're just, we're going to keep it dormant. You're not going to feel quite right for about three to seven weeks, and then, boom, we're going to hit you with it, and it'll be ten times worse than what your wife went through. It's just my, it, it's like, it's, it's like it's betraying me, you know? They all betray me, my son, my body. Okay, the earphones are back off. I, I just can't take it, guys. I can't take it. If y'all didn't go screwy, fuck it. This is a free podcast. All right? I will not be subjected to my own voice. But does that shit work? You know, the, the, the echinaceous? I don't know. You know, I like to consider myself a man of science. I read shit, and it's just, you read, it's just, there's, everybody has an agenda, guys. Big Pharma. You know, big herbal medicine. Everybody's got their own bullshit that they're peddling. All I know is that when I take cold FX, I, I, I feel like I don't get sick as much. And maybe that's the placebo effect. Now, this is something I definitely saw on TV, so it's got to be true. But the placebo effect, apparently, is one of the most powerful things that the human body can do. Like you, if you, If you're in a study... And they give you placebo, just like sugar pills, which don't do anything. And they give the other group real medicine. A lot of times there's no difference in the results for the people who get the placebo. 
because their body is just like, oh, yeah, let's fix ourselves because we think we're getting better when we take this pill. So I know a lot of stuff is that. And you know what? I'll fucking take it. I will take that placebo effect. They have tested this. This placebo effect is so strong that even when people are told the pill you're getting is a placebo, it has no medicine in it. They still get better results, better measurable results than if they didn't take the pill. That's how strong the placebo effect is. So I'm trying to do it all the time. Whatever. Give me something. I'll, I'll, I'll say this is for, you know, my, my crazy brain. This will give me less anxiety. Take that pill. And, then, and it works a little bit. I think most, most pills, it's a placebo effect. You know, I think basically Tylenol and aspirin seem to actually work. And everything else is just fucking bullshit. You know? My friend is on a mic- microdosing. He's doing microdosing right now. Maybe you drug addicts out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah, goddamn criminals. But I, I didn't know what it was. I asked him, and he said, it's, uh, you take small amounts of uh, mushrooms. Now, here's, here's, how, here's how naive your good friend Mark Bennett is. I was thinking, oh, that's good, organic mushrooms. You know, like you get at the stores, that does it boost your immune system or something? He's like, no, like fucking psychedelic mushrooms, you idiot. And I was like, oh, where can you buy those? He was like, off drug dealers. And I was like, oh, oh, I see. So he was talking about uh, microdosing. Now, for those of you uh, listening, law enforcement, Apple, whoever else, I am not promoting drugs. I don't do drugs. Drugs, drugs are for losers, man. Drugs are for zeros. Do you hear that? I would never promote them. I would never do them. I don't want to go from hero to zero, guys. But anyway, there's a thing called microdosing. And uh, so my friend explained what it is, hypothetically, is that people take very small amounts of magic mushrooms. You take them uh, every two days. And it's supposed to really help with um, uh, anxiety and ADHD, even though that's not a real fucking thing. Not a real fucking thing. I Look, we've been down this road before, guys. All right, so I'm not going to go into but I will say... I think that there is something wrong with a lot of people's brains, you know, myself included, but it's not this atten- attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, whatever the fuck it's called. It's, I think it's a problem with, I think it's the paradox of choice, where you have far too much choice in society, and that, that overwhelms a lot of people whose brains are a little bit more active, like myself. If, if, you have, if the world is nothing but possibilities... Okay, look, I've talked about it before, but I'll explain it very quick. There's this, uh, I think this guy's name is Pinter? Pinker? I don't know, some fucking, he's some guy, he did a TED conference. Stephen, Stephen Pinker, I think his name is. Anyway, Google that shit. Google will, Google will steer you in the right direction. They'll, mean, they'll say, well, did you mean Stephen Panter, you fucking idiot? And you're like, all right, Google, you got me. So Stephen Pinker, I don't know. Anyway, look it up. TED Talk. The Paradox of Choice, TED Talk, Steven Pinker. And um, he was saying that uh, 
Oh, and coincidentally, this guy is, has been feuding with Malcolm Gladwell for many years, and I'm a big fan of that because Malcolm Gladwell is full of shit. I'm sorry, about, sorry to say that about another Canadian, but he just he cherry picks his data. And then when he was called on cherry picking his data, Gladwell is like, hey, I just tell stories. That's what I do. It's like, no, you fucking don't. You, you present studies and, you, and you, you, you do a narrative, yes, about factual things. This is what stopped the crime in New York City. Just the guys painted the subways and that's what stopped the crime. And it, oh, turns out Freakonomics says it was uh, the, the legal abortion. It's what stopped the crime. Once legal abortion was put in, 18 to 20 years later, all the crime went down because you had all these unwanted babies not being born. So, you know, guys, it's complicated, right? Life is complicated. But Malcolm Gladwell is making one thing sound like one thing when, when really it's not. It's, it's like my bones. And I know I'm all over the place here, guys. I'm getting sick. Leave me be. It's like my bones. I assumed the meds I was on for my stomach, the proton pump inhibitors, I, uh, I had a acid reflux all the time, so I was on these things for like 10 years, and you shouldn't be. If you're on proton pump inhibitors, get off that shit, everybody, and um, it'll fuck up your, your stomach and your bones. It gives people osteoporosis. So when I was diagnosed with osteoporosis, I thought, no doubt, it's got to be these pills that sometimes cause osteoporosis. Turns out, it's phosphorus. That's my deficiencies. I don't absorb my phosphorus. So seemingly nothing to do with the medication, but here I am, you know? Because there's a correlation. You take this medication, people have bad bones. I have bad bones. I take this medication. A equals B, I said. Turns out A equals C. It's a whole different thing. I, I just, coincidentally, I got low bone mass for a totally separate thing. Seems to be a genetic thing. I call it incest rickets. If you don't know, if you're not, not a long-time listener to the podcast, this is all very confusing. But, um... Basically, my geneticist, his is my, my geneticist. It, it's a it's a lady doctor, and I guess I just call it his. But sh- her assistant, who's a guy uh, that I hate, he said um, he said that I have rickets, hereditary rickets, basically that manifests itself later in life, probably because someone was related in my family and had a baby. And I'm like, oh, I can't I can't wait for the fucking results to come out. Because if, if it's not that, I'm punching him right in the face. Walking around, telling me I have incest rickets. Anyway, guys, where was I? So Talking about causation and correlation. So, you think it's one thing, but it turns out it, it's something else entirely. I am totally lost right now. <laughs> whatever the fuck I was talking about. So I was talking about, let me see, I was talking about the, the, uh, my stomach pills caused the other thing. Okay. I think I got it. Okay. I think I got it. I just paused actually. And then tried to think what the fuck was I talking about? Cause I didn't want to put you guys through me, him and Han. So yeah, Gladwell, you know, you think it's one thing and then it's another Gladwell's thinking, Oh, it's because they cleaned up the subway. No, that was a coincidence. And it turns out the real effect was something else, you know? And it's like, uh, it's like, and also another correlation between medication is uh, the, the, I have low energy and uh, that's caused by probably a low absorption of the phosphorus. So my doctor actually gave me ADHD pills, you know, to bring it back around to ADHD because 
he was saying, oh, you probably need these things. But it was that that would no, the symptom was of another thing that you now are, have, have missed. And, you, you know, you give me that. Oh, oh, well, you got symptoms of ADD or ADHD. So what you need to do is get on these pills. It's like, yeah, but if we had kept looking, you would have found, in fact, I have a fucking bone disease. You goddamn idiot. That's, what, that's how I talk to my doctor. Like, listen up, you goddamn idiot. It's true he missed this, though. I got to say that. Uh, my friend was asking me about my doctor today, and I was like, you know what? I got to say he missed it. You know, I, I really have only had one thing wrong with me that's been seriously wrong with me since I started seeing him eight years ago. And uh, he missed it. My bones were deteriorating. I kept breaking ribs and going in and talking to him saying, yeah, so I uh, broke another rib, doc. He's like, oh, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Oh, okay, well, uh, stop breaking ribs. I'm like, well, I just it was just me sitting up. So should I not sit up anymore? Should I you know, just maybe lie down full time? And he was like, yeah, I can't figure it out. No x-ray, no fucking nothing. And um, complaining about other symptoms, like, oh, I'm really, really lethargic. He's like, ah, well, yeah, are, you, are you depressed? What First one put me on antidepressants. I'm like, I'm not depressed. I can tell you that much. Some days I wake up with energy. Other days I don't. I can't explain it. And so he's like, ah, you got the ADHD. Gave me a test. Fucking test was like four questions on a piece of paper. And they were like, hey, do you worry about things sometimes? Sure. Oh, well, you got fucking ADHD, buddy. Oh, take some pills for that shit. So he gives me the ADHD pills. I was down the Vivance, and uh, it's, a, it's a fucking stimulant. The goddamn thing is, uh, is speed, basically, in smaller doses. So uh, I was on that, and uh, all the while, the old bones are deteriorating more and more. So what I'm saying, guys, is that don't just assume. You got to keep looking for that root cause, all right? And that's what I'm talking about with old Steven Pinker. People are saying ADHD is like, oh, well, it's just the kids in there. They just need pills for their brains. Is that, does that sound right? That children are being born who need some, need speed? They need a pill to, so that their brains will function normally? Or is there another root cause? I'm not saying the kids aren't necessarily struggling. I'm struggling. We're all struggling. That's why me and my friend were talking about the microdosing. I'll get back to that in a minute. But we're all struggling out there in some way, shape, or form. You know, you got your anxiety. You get, you got your, you got your, your attention problems. You get your, and your depression. Well, you know, we're all, we all got something, right? I got fucking dick all energy. I got shit all energy. I got no, I have no energy to do anything. And I watch some people and that, you know, those fucking, the real Canadians, I call them, they bolt up in the morning and you know, it's 6 a.m. Yeah, I better go for a run. Yeah, Got to get that run in and then I'll work all day long and then I'll come home and I'll go to the gym. And then, then, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a book. I'll write a novel from uh, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And I'll get up at 6 and do it again tomorrow. There are people who do that shit. I can't. I just, I get like one out of every three days where I can do one thing. Anyway, Stephen Pinker. Stephen Pinker's talking about um, the paradox of choice in this TED Talk. And he's saying that we're all so overwhelmed. And yes, I brought this up on the podcast before. 
And yes, this podcast is still free. So thirdly, you can suck a dick if you're upset about this. Unless you like sucking dicks. Then do something you don't like. Okay. He's saying that if you walk into a store and they have a pair of jeans, you will go, I will get the jeans. Thank you so much. And you walk out. And you aren't technically very, necessarily very satisfied with the jeans. But the flip side is, nowadays, you walk into the store, as he was saying, and there's a wall of jeans. So he got the kid to help him pick out some jeans. And then he put them on, and he said, and by far, because he, he said he hadn't bought jeans in like 20 years. So when he used to buy jeans, it was just one. Now, 20 years later, there's nothing, there's too many. And so the kid helps him pick out a pair of jeans, and he said, by far, these are the best pair of pants I've ever worn. They look so good. However, I am much more distraught about my decision. And the reason being, he was saying, is that if there are so many choices, then you're hard on yourself because you didn't make you perhaps there's a better pair of jeans on this wall of jeans maybe one of these other ones was a slightly better pair of jeans and so you're left with this problem of perfection like oh maybe i didn't get the best one there were so many choices this is subconsciously what your brain is thinking whereas before it was like hey you're you know like in Russia, oh, you got a pair of blue jeans? Just, oh my God, oh, blue jeans in Russia. Yeah, the Beatles, uh, Mickey Mouse, blue jean. And now I apologize to my Russian listeners for uh, that horrible Russian accent. Um, that was a thing, in case you kids out there don't know. Uh, Russians wanted jeans, man, back in the days of communism. So all these jeans were being smuggled in. So any Russian who got their hands on a pair of jeans, they were fucking, they were the shit, man. They were, everyone loved them. Where was I? Maybe I do need fucking ADHD pills. I need something. Microdosing. I'll get back to that in a minute. But yeah, the paradox of choice. He's saying because there's so much choice, it's overwhelming. He said, and for a lot of people whose brains are a little bit more active... Not saying better. I'm not saying I'm so much smarter than all you guys, even though obviously that's the case. Well, I'm saying that a lot of people, their, their brains are a little too eh, eh, frantic. And so when those people are faced with the new world, the world we all live in, the world of constant stimulation, the world of constant choice, that uh, these people get overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed, and that's a lot of times... The feeling that they have, and their and then their brain just shuts down, just boo, just shuts off because of the overwhelm. And that's what we need to address, guys. Not getting these fucking ADD pills. Anyway, so microdosing. What this thing is is magic mushrooms, tiny tiny bits of magic mushrooms every two days, supposed to help. So so. It goes, the theory, uh, with anxiety and depression and ADHD and a lot of stuff. A little bit like the marijuana, the marijuana cigarettes. Uh, a, bit, a bit like that. 
But at least with the marijuana, they are testing it now. You know, because it's legal in a lot of different places. But this shit, there's no testing it. My friend was saying it's because there's no way to patent mushrooms. So you can just, anyone can grow mushrooms. So the pharmaceutical companies, oh, Big Pharma is not interested. Big Pharma's not interested in the patent because they can't make a ton of money. God knows medical research is not going to do it without Big Pharma backing up their goddamn studies. Oh, guys, don't get me started on the conspiracy theories. And old Monsanto, maybe Monsanto will, will get on it, but then we'll all have poison mushrooms. Guys, Monsanto. So he was saying that this, uh, this might work. You know, apparently, he said, you know, the people who supposedly those who take the microdosing, uh, they don't feel like a, an effect so much. They don't get giddy or giggly or hallucinate or anything like that. It just it helps them focus for longer periods of time, helps them feel good, you know, takes down the anxiety a notch. And maybe that's true. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking placebo effect. Huh? Guys, that's what I think. Placebo effect. Man, I tell you what, I, I'm just, I'm, I am going to do this. I've been threatening for a while. I'm going to get a bottle of pills and written on it is going to be, I'm going to say placebo. And I would just take one every morning and I'll, a placebo for awesomeness where everything's going to be great all the time. Because I tell you what, guys, you got to. This day and age, it is, it's so goddamn tough to stay motivated, at least for me, to stay motivated and to stay positive. Christ, it's just, and it's not my fault. This isn't my fault. Let me tell you what happened, right? Here's what happened. I, um, I'm getting back into the comedy scene, as you guys know, from last podcast where I found out everybody hated my guts. You know, they don't, they don't really hate me, but they just don't know me that well. And those who do know me remember me from a time when I was younger, I was perceived as cocky uh, by some. And I also got a fair amount of things quickly in the old stand-up world that made some people, it's, it's that wrong with some people. That's not, that's not my, that part's not my fault. You know, just win a couple of contests, you go to a couple of festivals, sign with some, some management companies. That's, that's just, that just, that was good stuff. And you know, I was, I was young. I didn't know the difference. I didn't know you just couldn't do those things. I wish I was still like it, guys. Don't worry, I'll get on the microdosing. No, I won't. Authorities who are monitoring my every podcast. I know how you guys work in your goddamn vans with your satellite dishes on top going, hey, let's, let's, Type it into the algorithm. That's the thing. I think that I could probably get away with it pretty much anything. That's how they do stuff these days, guys, in case you don't know. Algorithms. They listen to your voice with all their series and their and their their Google assistants. And then they they highlight keywords. You know, if like if you talk about terrorism, like right there, boom, just I just got flagged. But here's the thing, I think I can get away with almost everything. Because I got this shitty newfie accent. And you know, nobody, nobody knows what the fuck I'm saying. Google is like, what? And Siri is like, I can't help you with that right now. No, you're, no, you goddamn can't, Siri. You dirty bitch. Guys, you shouldn't call anyone a bitch. 
all right, of the female persuasion, even an inanimate object like your phone. It's sexist. Nobody's so goddamn sexist to Siri. Be evolved. So, yeah. I uh, getting back into the comedy scene and uh, just I'm just trying to do my homework. I'm trying to find uh, the rooms that I can go to where I can do some shows. And um, honest to Christ, just listen to this. I am on Facebook. Oh, fucking Facebook. You go down the rabbit hole of Facebook. Boy, you, you're lucky if you ever get out. And this just trying to find the name of the booker of the fucking show and I come across a thread where a guy has punched a woman in the comedy scene. This happened nine years ago. I remember because I was around. I'm one of the comedians who's still around when a a lady got punched in the face. She was, okay, so here's the story is she is a headlining comedian at the time at a comedy club. She apparently has been really hard on a newer comedian, a guy who hasn't been doing comedy nearly as long as her. He certainly wasn't a headliner. Uh, she took exception to, I don't know, though. She said he insulted, he insults our community on a daily basis. They, and they're of the same community. Look how politically correct I'm being, guys. I haven't said a fucking thing about a fucking thing. I say, so they're both in the community. They're both comedians. She says he makes disparaging remarks against his own community. And she takes that very offensively, so she was really hard on the guy. Um, made fun of him a lot. Brought, brought it up on stage sometimes I think after his set because he'd do his set and then since she's the headliner she would go on after and then she would make it clear she disagrees with him and that he shouldn't be saying that shit and she would call him out on it this is my understanding anyway of, of what happened turns out he, he lost his mind after a period of time he got so angry that he uh, apparently pulled her hair spit on her and punched her in the face now as the legend goes she did not go down. She steeled herself. She just, she got in like a, a ready stance. I don't know, maybe some kind of football three-point stance. And she went back at him. And um, then the fight was broken up. So it seemed to go from a sucker punch from a guy to a lady and uh, turned into an actual fight. So, you know, she didn't press charges she just got him fired. She got him fired from the comedy club. Uh, the the owner of the of the club. He was saying, "Hey, so because you know it's it's a chain of comedy clubs." So he was fired from the entire organization. I may give you guys some insight of some of it. Still not naming any names. Being nice and fucking politically correct. I'm just I'm just trying to tell you the backstory. And why, why I just, uh, I got so disheartened. Anywho, she didn't file the charges because he got fired. And of course, he was ostracized. Ostracized? I th yeah, ostracized. From the uh, stand-up world. Because obviously, you know, when, when word gets out, 
Whether or not the lady had been out of line, when word gets out that you have punched a lady in the face, listen, if word gets out that you've punched a guy in the face, I mean, you're still, you're still, a lot of people are going to hate you. But a lady? Dude. Dude, it's over. You, you can't come back from that shit. Or can you? Let's continue with the story. Um, so nine years have passed. It turns out, the puncher, he still does shows. He, in fact, books his own shows all the time. And uh, it makes a living. Makes a living. Who knows? Maybe it was the best thing that happened to him. Because I know a lot of people who still work at that club and that franchise who don't really make a good living. So if he's if he's doing okay, maybe it was great that he left and branched off. You know, it's you know, hey, what 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 are you gonna do? He didn't he didn't roll over and die. He just kept doing his thing, even though nobody liked him anymore. And I'm not sure if anyone liked him at ever, but they definitely didn't like him after that. So he's he's been off doing his own thing. He's a a, a cured uh, a crude. Oh man. I'm too sick to do this, guys. My words are failing me. So, they're, they're so I'm so stupid. God, see how down I am now, guys? I'm down. I'm also talking a little quieter than I like to because there's some lady in my parking garage because yeah, I'm, rec- I'm recording, as usual, out of the Toyota Prius recording studio. And there's a lady in, in my parking garage who's just... I don't know what she's doing, but she will not take her groceries from the fucking car and walk away. So I paused this for a little while. You guys know I get awkward with that shit. And I, I just couldn't take it anymore. It, it was like 10 full minutes of me sitting here like a creep watching her not take her groceries out of the back. I don't know what she's doing. Perhaps she lost some grapes. Maybe they rolled between the cracks in the seats. And she's trying to get... Those were expensive. They were organic grapes. That's expensive, man. Those organic grapes are like $10 a grape. So she's she's just working hard back there. She decided to detail her car. I don't know. I don't know. So this is why I'm talking a little less energetically. And uh, also why my words are failing me. Because unless I'm screaming, I don't know how to speak. So he's accrued many fans. Maybe not many, some. And he's garnered some loyalty as well from some younger comedians who maybe don't know the story or don't give a shit, you know? Um, and so the, it starts up again. That was nine years ago. Now this guy, the puncher, he starts a thread on Facebook publicly, saying, hey, so there's this guy who has been running around telling female comedians that I book about me assaulting a woman, and uh, I want to call him out on that. Like, what? You want to call him out on telling people that you assaulted someone? Okay, this is an odd thing to do, but that's what he did. And, um... The reason being is because he felt that the guy who was airing his dirty laundry, he thought that he and that guy were friendly. 
And he said, we've booked shows together. I've put you on my shows. You've put me on your shows. And then behind my back, you are sending emails to lady comics to tell them the situation. And uh, when the situation is that you really want to have sex with those females, that's what I think is happening. And so this guy's writing back going, look, I'm just trying to warn ladies. And I got to say, I think that probably the the guy who was writing the ladies, he probably did want to sleep with those women. That's what I think. Um, but at the same time, in this political climate, guys, you got your Harvey, Harvey Weinsteins, everybody's standing up saying, how come someone didn't say something? How come someone didn't protect the women that he was casting in the movies? Why didn't, why weren't people given more warning? So this guy, I was, I was shocked that he didn't use that as a defense of himself because he wrote the guy back, the puncher. He writes the puncher and he says, uh, that sounds like a, a shitty Marvel Netflix show, The Puncher. So he writes The Puncher back and he's like, hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to let women know in case they don't know. I feel, so if he had just enacted the whole, people always ask, how come no one warns them? Uh, what? Why doesn't no one stand up and tell ladies about Harvey Weinstein? I'm, I'm doing that. I'm telling them about you, and I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. And then he said, yeah, you know. And so they get into this big, long argument. And then this lady, the the last one that the guy emailed to tell, to tell her, he told her about the puncher. She's a, um, I don't know, a model of some kind. She's a kickboxer, but she's always posting photos of herself in thongs and stuff. So, I mean, I, that doesn't... You don't see that a lot in comedy. I'll tell you that much. And she's a lovely-looking lady, you know, as far as that goes. I'm a happily married man. I don't I don't really know how that works. Can't really judge if a woman is attractive or not anymore. Ever since I was married, lost the ability. Just poof, gone. Uh, but a lot of people do seem to... Um, enjoy her pictures. So that's why a lot of the people are making the assumption, oh, you're just trying to sleep with this lady. And the lady, the kickboxing thong-wearing lady, she, uh, she turns out she's good friends with the puncher and has been for 13 years. Knows about the incident. Is okay with the incident. Says she's forgiven him and he's moved on. It was an isolated incident. Everyone gets, everyone deserves a second chance. People have to, to, to do their time. He said he took anger management courses and, and he just wants to move on with his life. And that all sounds about right. But then he, when he started this thread, calling out the guy who was mentioning the assault to ladies, like it started up again, right? So, you know, maybe he should have just let that go. He just didn't, he, he says he wants everything out in the open. So here it is. It's all out in the open to the point where a guy doesn't really even know him. I know of him. I've done shows, you know, years and years ago. He would, I did some shows and he was on those shows. He never punched me, nor did I see him punch a lady. I just know the story. So any hoozles. This thread is just, go. I'm, I'm, I'm 45 minutes into this thread, just reading just this fucking craziness going on and then the thong kickboxer lady is totally defending the puncher um not saying he didn't do it just saying it's it's time to move on and obviously um that people are trying to sleep with me is which first of all let's you know you know calm your horses down 
All right. You have low body fat and you wear um, uh, nice provocative clothing in, in some pictures. And, and hey, you know, fair enough. Maybe you're, you're promoting your product. You're, you're promoting a kickboxing academy and stand-up. I don't exactly know your deal. But you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's, that is not my concern. But don't just assume everyone wants to sleep with you. That's all I'm saying. Don't just make that assumption. That makes you a bit of a dick. And uh, But granted, you know, guys, I don't know if you know this, but men will sleep with women. They will sleep with women if women let them. And um, she definitely, you know, I can see why she'd make the leap, why she'd make the assumption. But how about how about this kickboxer lady? Maybe the guys really are like, hey, Jesus, do you not know that he punched a lady in the face? So you're a lady. If he's booking you, just, you know, you know, keep your guard up. You know, just fucking you just you just keep the hands up around the eyes. Just make sure you're ready for it. That's all. But I guess she is if she's a kickboxer. Um Anyway, that's not really the point of this thread. So, the lady who got punched. This is where it gets interesting, ladies and gentlemen. The lady who got punched. No, you know what? I just raised my voice, so I turned around to see, and she's still fucking there. I don't care. God damn it, get the grapes out of your car. I don't care. I don't care. Now I'm a guy screaming next to her in the parking garage. I don't care. Talking about a lady getting punched. Ah, they're going to call the cops. God damn it. I'm talking about moving. Talking about getting a, a new house. So I'm, I'm going to have to. I had so many people in this building have seen me ranting and raving in my car into a microphone that it's, it's embarrassing. It's just fucking embarrassing at this point. Anyway, the lady who got punched. Now she's in it. But it's she she's under it's under a fake account according to the puncher. He's like, hey, like she writes in. So the the one who gets punched, she writes in. She goes, hey, I just want you to know what he did and who he did it to. And she named the name of the person he did it to. And then so the puncher, he's like, hey, you boy using a fake account, punchy, because that's how I'll refer to her, the punchy. Is that is that insensitive? No, no, not really. She was fine. She was fine. Uh, plus, anyway, let, let's just continue. So the punchy, she says, because you blocked me and now I need to use this as a different account. And so the kickboxer lady, she chimes in and then, and the punchy is fucking irate. She is losing her shit. Everything's spelled wrong. I think she's drunk when she's writing this because her regular account, the posts are not spelled wrong. Everything seems fine. But she's just like, it's all like, ah, you fucking fuck you. Because, I mean, you know, and hey, traumatic event. Got it. You're upset. You had a few, you had a few wobbly pops because you, you're trying to get through it. So she's just, but she's attacking everyone. And a lot of, and, and a lot of people on the thread aren't friends with the guy. They're just writing in out of curiosity or they're asking what's going on or saying, hey, man, you know, you hit somebody. Why don't you just admit it? And the puncher is saying, yeah, I am admitting it. What I'm saying is that there's something else afoul here and that people are sullying my name in efforts to sleep with kickboxer ladies. And, and, and then turning around and pretending they're friends of mine and then, and then stabbing me in the back. So I just want everybody to know where I stand on all these things. And the punchy is like, you never fucking apologize one time. I have the tape. I have a DVD of the incident. 
Was, and he was like, well, you should post it then. I will, she said. I'm on tour, but I'm going to post it when I get back from tour in December. So you guys did it to yourselves. I was willing to let this shit go, but now fucking she's fighting with everybody. And I can see how she rubbed rub people the wrong way. I'm not saying someone should have went out and punched her in the face. No, I am not. I would not advocate that. However, I am saying I do see how she could have irritated some people because I'm reading the thread going, remember she's the one that got punched. Remember she's the one that got punched. Don't try not to just scream into your computer, what's wrong with you? You know, she she went through something. She, she fits her, she, you know, she, I was about to say fits her blazing, but that doesn't seem appropriate. She, 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 she's spitting venom is what she's doing. And, you know, that's it. She's defensive right now. So she really sounds like a very aggressive um, uh, person who is not listening to anything that anybody's saying. She's just attack, attack, attack. So, but I'm trying to read it, remembering that shit. Anyway, here's basically how the thread ends. The kickboxer lady challenges the girl who got punched to a kickboxing match. Like a sanctioned, legitimate, professional kickboxing match. They're trying, they, they try to work out a way to fly because one lives in London and one lives in Toronto, London, England, and one lives in Toronto. And they're trying to work out a way where they can be in the same city so that they can kick the shit out of each other. Like, honest to fucking God. So, nine years ago, a woman gets punched in the face by a man. Nine years later, it blows up again, and the one who got punched is being challenged to a fight by someone defending the man who punched her like honest to christ and this story is to illustrate what kind of business i'm in if you guys didn't understand the the fucking scum level of people that are involved in my industry you know we make musicians look like upper-class fucking aristocrats. Jesus Christ, we're savages. Comedians are fucking savages. We... And this is... This is the shit I'm, I'm, I'm getting into. You know? And all I was looking for, guys, was the name of a fucking booker of a show. And I run into... Uh, some kind of violence and abuse and and, and uh, we're going to release the tapes and you guys are going to see it on CNN and fucking honest to God. How am I going to do this, guys? I told you last last podcast, I'm, you got to go in, you got to go in with a sense of cockiness because you got to be better than this. You got to be better than these Facebook threads. You got to be better than these the people in this industry. Not all the people. There's lots of great people. But that's why I got to. I got to rise above. It, it was a bit easier for me when I first started. Because I got a bunch of things quick. But now I'm in the thick of it man. I'm in the fucking trenches. And I got to. I got to find a way out. Without fraternizing too much. With these goddamn savages. 
Honest to Christ. My friend was in town, who's a popular comedian. She lives in Los Angeles now. And uh, it's Deborah D. Giovanni. She's a... Some of you know her. Some of you don't. She was just visiting for a couple days. And we had a lovely time. I drove her back to the airport. And she was starting to say that there are some comedians, you know who aren't satisfied with their lives, no matter how popular they get, because I was talking about this shit with her. And she's saying some people who have reached a very high status in Canada, they make a lot of money, uh, that they still are very bitter because they never turned into a quote-unquote celebrity. They didn't make it in Los Angeles or New York. And then they're still upset about that. And I tell you what, I said to her, I know, I, I, I can feel that for myself, that no matter what I do here, So that's why the plan also has to involve me kicking some ass in in Toronto, but being able to show up in New York and show up in Los Angeles, get on stage there, do a great job, and then fly home. I want to be in Canada by choice, not by necessity. You see what I'm saying? And I think I can do it. Old, new, cocky Mark Bennett. He can do that shit. He can rise above. You know, he doesn't need to deal with the fucking, the riffraff who are all punching each other at the, at the open mics and the comedy clubs and the, the comedy clubs. Guys, it's a form of comedy club where clowns perform. They're comedy clubs. I'm losing my words again because I'm, I'm sort of out of it. I, you know, I told you at the beginning of the podcast, well, I'm like 45 minutes in now, I think, and I'm fucking drifting. I'm literally woozy. I got to go take some of my placebos. I got to get better. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the the house hunting. We've been doing the house hunting on the next podcast. I'll tell you a little bit more about little Sam. Cute as a button, this fucking kid. He's why I do it all, guys. You know, I tell you what, he's not why I do it. Obviously, I do it for selfish reasons. You know, the comedy and all that shit. But he has fixed a lot of stuff for me. He's made me go, hey, you know, sure you got to deal with a man punching a lady and then a lady in a thong uh, getting mad at the girl who got punched and saying, I want to punch you now. And you got to go do shows on the same stage with people like this. That's true. But my son, what he's doing, he's like, dad, you fucking, you can do it, buddy. You can look this shit business in the face and come out the other side because I'm your son and I believe in you. I mean, mostly he's just like, that's really about all he says. But I interpret it as, I believe in you, Dad, and I love you. So, guys, that's it for the podcast. Remember, I believe in you and I love you. My name is Mark Joseph Bennett. I said shut up. Good night, everybody. <laughs>